Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Okay, guys, first and foremost, I just want to thank you guys for continuing to subscribe, continuing to like, continuing to sharing. But in addition, I just want you guys to go on Apple or any device that you go on, any platform that you go on, and give me a five-star rating. It's very important. It would be great. You've been listening for this long. I think it would be nice that you give me a little courtesy of five-star rating, but I'm looking forward to it. So this is season two wrap-up. Season two was phenomenal. It was great. It was beautiful. It was impactful. But uh, I just want you guys to get a little snippet just in case you didn't get the full amounts or the full episodes. This is going to be a little snippets of each episode that went on for season two. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care. So typically I do not. I almost avoid watching anything that has to do with slavery. Anything that has to do with racism. I try to avoid because it gives me an uncomfortable feeling. I cannot sit down and watch any kind of racist movie or any kind of racist documentary because it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel unease. I cannot sit in my chair for too long and watch these things right in front of me happening that happened you know, in the past. It's hard for me. I'm not saying I, I shouldn't watch it. I'm not saying it's not educational. For me, it's just a little hard. So almost every movie that I've watched that had to do with slavery and the way slavehood being abused and they were being neglected and they were being separated from the family all those things have an effect on me it just changed my views it just have a a different feeling for me so i always try to avoid it as much as much as possible and it's hard to it's really hard to so now i'm sitting here today june 14th 2020 and i'm listening to the radio and I'm listening to news talking about this event that just happened. George Floyd. I said his name in the beginning again and his reason. George Floyd. Because his life was taken from him unnecessarily. May 25th, 2020. He died. Floyd died. How? A white officer pressed his knees to Floyd's necks for nearly nine minutes during that arrest. Floyd was handcuffed face down in the street, while two other officers further restrained Floyd and a fourth prevented onlookers from, from intervening. For the last three of those minutes, Floyd was motionless and had no pulse, but officers had made no attempts to revive him. The officer kept his knees on Floyd's neck till the EMT came to treat him. Nine minutes, nearly nine minutes to put your knees, nearly nine minutes. You place your knees on someone's neck to restrain him, a person that was not even fighting back. Nine minutes. She just kneeled there without moving Floyd stopped moving 
the last three minutes. And still, they refuse to check his pulse. They refuse to see if he was still alive. For me, that's just profound, where you have no respect, no remorse for human life. Or, I'm sorry, for a black life. Because I'm pretty sure if it was a white person, it would not happen. I'm pretty sure if it was a white person, it would. this would not ever occur. So why? Why? Why don't you have any remorse for any black lives? I'm black. And I have a son. I'm raising a son. I'm a black man that goes out into the world. I drive to work if I have to. I drive to the store if I have to. I go at all times of, of, of the day to get whatever I need to get to the store, whatever it is. And the scary thing is I might not come back. I might not come back to my wife. I might not come back to my son. I am a black man raising a black son. So now I have to mentally train myself, physically train myself, emotionally train myself to teach my son how to come home safe. I'm Gabe Million. I really love my family and um, I'm really happy for you to ask me to be here. You know, I never really thought about it till one of your podcasts. And I think it was one of the early ones when you were talking about saying love, I love you to your kids. And mm. and um, I think I had commented and I was like, damn, man, I've, um, I don't think I've ever really said I love you to my dad. Mm. Um, you all know that you do love them and it's someone that you love, but it's more of like in a Haitian heritage, like we know our parents love us but mm -hmm. you just don't say it you yeah. know and i and i was never really comfortable saying it it's not until i observe certain family members myself um i'll quote quote unquote new age where i right. saw their interaction with their kids mm -hmm. and they were saying i love you left and right to their kids where i didn't even have a kid yet you know i have a son now but that's when I'm like, oh man, this thing is okay. It's, it's good to show your your son. So when I saw your your that podcast, when I was listening to it, it really resonated with me because it's something that I've experienced. Where, you know, and not until that that time is when I really started saying, okay, I'm going to force mm. <laughs> myself to say I love you to my dad. I remember the one time I was in a cab, you know, my dad is, like I said, he's a very religious person, very spiritual. And um, he used to give out things called tracks. So that's like these little pamphlets, um, you right. know, Christ-like, and he used to give them out. And one day we were in a cab riding home from church and um, he gave it to the cab driver. And when we, when we exited the cab, the cab driver threw it threw it out like really crumbled it up and threw it out the window just to make sure my dad could see it and wow. i was upset i was like yo why do you keep doing this you're giving it to these people and this is what they're doing they're disrespecting you they're crumbling and throwing it in your face and mm. i was upset i think that was one of the only times i stood up to my dad and just expressed that type of um i wouldn't say it's anger but it was just a frustration yeah. and um he just looked at me he said I did my part. 
So I'm mm. okay with whatever happens. For me, I think legacy is very important. And mm. I think it's because that we're such, like our family is such a big family, but we're tight, which is weird. Yes, yes. It's a big family. And, you know, we can gather up and we could not speak to each other for a while, but when we get together, it's like <laughs> riding a bike, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And um, so that legacy is very important for me. And um, the minute I knew that that was something that I was blessed with, I wanted to nurture that, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be here forever, but I know whatever I was able to establish within my son will live and um you know and he he can take that and 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 build upon it you know the same way i built on what my dad has given me and what his father has given him you know mm. when god gives you a gift and you're like you know what i'm going to take care of this gift it's like when somebody gives you something that's really nice mm -hmm. and that you really like it and you like i have to be responsible i can't drop it i can't because this is precious mm -hmm. um you know, all those things is really what fatherhood means to me. And I want to take care of it. One way that I took care of it, the minute I found out that um, I was having a son, I think the day after I found out, I went and got life insurance. Mm. <laughs> you know, right away. Mm. Um, because I wanted to take care of it. I was already thinking of when I'm not here. Right. Um, yeah. You know, how is he gonna survive or she gonna survive at that time um so you know that's that's what it means to me it's just god has given me a gift and for the however long he's allowing me to you know to have that gift in my possession quote unquote um i'm gonna try to take care of it and i'm gonna try to make sure that it grows and and, and it it basically lives up to its full potential i first i think i would probably start off by saying that I didn't really know who Dudley was uh, until a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the ma majority of my life was trying to match my expectations to what I felt like uh, would ultimately be my purpose. From everything I, I, I can say about my dad, I think if I, if I were to sum everything up about him, I would pretty much say that he was a man that allowed people to understand the importance mm. of life all, all in all my, my relationship with that was what my, my father was was the best i mean he was uh, a person that um gave me uh, a sense of what leadership looks like um from a from a young age i was considered to be a leader even though i, I don't know even at that time if i knew exactly what leadership was um i was bred in that mm -hmm. sense to be a leader and amongst um at least my my community of faith um in new york um people saw me to be that and i try to live up to the expectations of my father and to the desire that he wanted uh for me i think he mo he molded me um sort of in the image that he would want he would have wanted for himself um if everything worked out in his favor uh, and so I think I was very favored and privileged. Um, and so I, I can't, I can't really say that there was a time where I've ever had anything 
uh, bad to say in regards to my dad. I mean, maybe now, you know, it, it's easy to say that in retrospect right. when he's gone, right? Uh, and so a lot of times you, you only highlight the good. That's the only things you, you right. choose to remember. Um, but for me now, I just, I realized him, um, just to be a, a huge influence over my life. Him, him and I, we were, we were, we were friends, man. We were, you know, we were partners. Fatherhood has allowed me on a, to, to, a more of an awareness of who I am than any other part of my life. Um, fatherhood is a responsibility mm -hmm. that you literally cannot take a break from. Uh, fatherhood is a sense of an accomplishment that you never know the joy it provides until you have it. Um, I never knew how badly I wanted to be a father until I became a father. You know, the, the, there's no other, there's no joy like fatherhood. Um, but in, the, in that same sense, it, uh, it really shows you who you are and who you're not. I am Patrick's accent. I am a husband, a father, a son, a brother, a friend, a child of God. My dad, my, my parents, we all grew up in the same house. So like, and my, we have a lot of family, but none of them were around. Like my uncles are in Canada or Florida and stuff like that. So it, it was my dad. So he took, you know, he took that responsibility. There are other, you know, members that were in our church that also played a fatherly role. But my dad knew he was primary. Like, I don't really have uncles to run to and talk to and say, hey, talk to me about this or talk to me about that. It was him. And he knew that. And he, and he took that responsibility on full well. I remember when we were growing up, he used to be like, listen, I know you're going to do what you want to do anyway, but try and heed my warning. You know, he's kind of like the old wise man. Mm -hmm. You know, try and heed my warning. Just try and listen to him. And his whole thing was, it was always, I've been through it too. You know what I mean? No matter what you're going through, I've been through it too. So he definitely tried to relate on that aspect. And he's like, listen, I know you're, you're young, you're growing up, you're doing all these things. You're going to try these things. You're going to do these things. I did it too. But more or less, counsel with me. I, I, I'm not going to scold you. I'm not going to beat you. I'm not going to do that stuff. You're my son. I love you. I want the best for you. But counsel with me because I may be able to save you from, from some, some trauma and some issues. To the point where he's like, listen, the only thing I'm asking you really not to do is don't do drugs. <laughs> he's like, that'll mess you up no matter what. He's like, if I know you're going to, this is in our teen, teenage years. He's like, I know you're going to experiment. You're going to talk to girls. You're going to do that stuff. Even if you get a good pregnant, tell me. You know what I mean? It wasn't really a sex talk. It was more of like, I already know what's going on. <laughs> I already know what's going on. But if something happens, if you get a good pregnant or something, let me know. Talk to me. Tell me. Yeah, he was he was very genuine in in that sense. And and and, I, and I'll just to double back, you said that I, I sound like him, even though you've never met him. And a part of I think a part of that is well, one, my dad is way more energetic than I am, so I'm. I'm the calmer version of him to say, but I think a lot of it has to do with, I listened to a lot of his wisdom and it, a lot of his wisdom did save me a lot in life. You know, even though I did my own thing, his wisdom did save me a lot in life. And now that I'm a, a father and certain uh, situations that I went through, you know, thinking back on the stuff that he said, I'm like, wow, he actually was right. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm able to take that wisdom now and move forward with it and hopefully pass it down to, to my two boys as, as they grow up. When my first son, Patrick Jr. was born, um, that 
it's crazy as it sounds and like i said i was young but that's the catalyst that i needed to kind of turn my whole life around you know what i mean i wasn't living wild and reckless or anything of that nature but i was kind of moseying along without any purpose and now i have this child and, and this woman who's depending on me so it's kind of like what are you gonna do and I, I took that responsibility head on and I've embraced it ever since, man. Fatherhood, it's, I'm almost speechless when I think about it and when I describe it, but it's not a game. It's definitely not, for, it's definitely not for the lighthearted. Like you gotta, and it saddens me to see so many, so many kids without their fathers and, and how much society downplays fatherhood. Like kids need their fathers, man. Like for real, for real. I, I like, like I said before, I couldn't have made it as far as I did without him. So now I want to do the same thing for my son, for both of my sons, and maybe any other children I may have in the future. I'm Moise. Uh, BJ and I are not only brothers in Christ, but but we are friends, and um, really appreciate his friendship. Uh, he is also a model of what a good dad and a good husband should be. So I, I I'm. I feel blessed to be uh, to be his friend. I think of my dad as having possibly having three dads, right? One, uh, the first, the, my first experience with with my dad, as you know, knowing him, coming to know that I exist and that that he exists as my father, is that he was my hero, right? And then once I got a little older and I came to the states and we were in the states together. Um, I didn't see him in the same light. You know, he he wasn't that hero that I remembered him to be. Mm. And you know, and then as I got older, you know, he our relationship was different, and I could see that you know the hero that I saw in him as a child, and the flaws that I discovered in him. As, as a teenager can actually coexist in one person. And I can appreciate him more now as, as, as an adult that he can still, he can, he can be a flawed hero and I can accept him that way. That's what parenting is about, you know, giving them, you know, your children something better than you, than you receive and you know, there's, there's progress in, in your family line, you know, where each generation is, is essentially outdoing the previous generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I uh, to my parents, and, and this is something that, that my, my father says, you know, as, as, as flawed as I can say that, that my, my dad was, or my dad is, he is a hundred times better to me or a hundred times a better father to me than his father was to him. Mm. So, and, and knowing that I appreciate his efforts even more, mm. you know, so it, it kind of makes sense to, to, to know your history, your own history, your own family history, uh, so that you can appreciate the people that, that are caring for you. I can appreciate my mom uh, for the type of mother that she is 
especially when I know that she is giving me so much more than she ever got. I would say that that fatherhood is extremely difficult. Um, it's extremely rewarding, and you can simply do your best. You, know, you learn as as you as you get older. You learn uh, what mistakes you know you could have avoided, what mistakes you can avoid in the future. But uh, a lot of it is trial and error. Uh, if you know, for instance, the mistakes that my father made, you know, I can learn from them. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to make mistakes of my own mm. as a dad. At some point you become mature enough to, to be able to step back and say, I'm gonna be a dad. And I know that being a dad is not about me. It's about, mm. you know, helping helping that person become the best person that they can be. Uh, okay, let's take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this sponsor. Hey guys, Bejemson Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did study my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. But take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh-huh. Hashem Lafod. I'm excited. I'm somebody's father, somebody's husband, somebody's son, somebody's brother. And that is who I am. And um, that's the core of it. And I, and I get to do some cool things as, as a profession. Yeah, I try not to define myself with the things that I do. I like to do things. I like to be who I am. And then everything I do is like adding on to it. But when he came back one time, and then my father was like, all right, I'm packing and I'm leaving. Wow. And so that that was heartbreaking for me. And, um, at around, I was around 13. And so, um, I mean, I was bitter towards him. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to speak to him because I felt like he left me. Um, I took it personal. It was more my, my parents together. I was like, no, I, I thought I had the perfect household. Mm. And um, yeah, so I went through, I remember, I remember going in the, I remember uh, I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade. And that this is the day after, this is the morning after. And the teacher was, the teacher called on me to answer a question. I already fixed in my mind. Nobody better talk to me today. I don't, I don't want anybody mm. talking to me. Um, and you know, you get that little frog in your throat, like it's there. Mm-hmm. And if you say one more word, it's coming out. <laughs> so I was yep. there, he was like, 
He called on me. Uh, so my first name is Lionel. My, 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 my father's name was Lionel too, but um, just to just to so they can say a different name. My, my name was Hashem. I, I went by my middle name, and so they would the, the teacher would call me Lionel, and I'm like, and he said Lionel. <laughs> and he's like, come outside, come outside. He stepped into the hallway. It's one of my first black teachers. And um, and then he said, what happened? I said, well, my, my father left me. And and I busted out crying. I let, mm. let, it, let it all out. Uh, my teacher hugged me and he said, like, don't don't worry. My, 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 both of my parents left me and I was raised by my grandmother. Like, and, and he cut, like, just to have somebody relate to me at that point, I'm like, it felt... Like I was, I was relieved. Like I, I wasn't alone. I enjoy building the dopest, most creative, most fun life for them. We just bought a bunch of glow sticks. We bought like 500 glow sticks because we want to turn the lights off and do a dance party with just the glow sticks. I'm about to take that idea right now. Yeah, right, right. Let's <laughs> take that idea. Let's target, like a little <laughs> jumbo pack of glow sticks, and we're gonna do that. And we're gonna do like a TikTok video with that, because that's what the kids want to do, and that's <laughs> fun. That's fun to me. Um, I enjoy uh, creating this limitless, imaginative household where my where my children are actually challenge us mm. on 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 being creative and being. Maxime or Max. <laughs> My brothers call me Max. Uh, some people call me Maxime. That's the you know the Haitian way of saying it. Um, I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm an okay guy, but I'm also you know pretty rash, pretty strong-willed. Um, I could be hard-headed, of course. <laughs> That's an understatement. But one thing about me is I love, you know, re- pretty hard. Like, my family is, like, everything to me. And, you know, you pretty much, you know, you if you're, like, you mess with anybody in my family, you could just include me in the mix if somebody is coming after you. I remember I was about to leave. I had put my book bag on. And, you know, we just had an argument. And it was something in my heart. I, I kid you not, it was something that was like holding me. Like, yo, you can't leave right now. You cannot leave. And so I went back to my father and I said, to my father, I said that, I said, no, excuse me, not that. I said, Max, um, I know, you know, things are bad and I know we just argue, but I said, the reality is you're my father. And I love you. BJ, that was the first time I ever said I love you to my father. First wow. time. And that was the last time. Because that's the last time I saw him. Wow. Because after that, he had a stroke. Um, a couple of days later, he had a stroke. Because um, he wasn't, he was not compliant with certain things he was supposed to do. And he didn't want to do it. So he had a stroke. He ended up with a ventilator, the very thing I was learning about in school um, for like a week. And then um, he died. 
it's funny because you know you hear this thing about like being a born again Christian, right? Where you die and become this new person, yeah. right? And I think the same thing, not not the same thing, but similar, happens when you when you have your first kid, because that person who I used to be is done with. I I just don't care about myself anymore. Not to the point where, like, I want to throw my life away. It's just to the point where everything has to I do is to better my son. Fatherhood, man, I tell you, it felt like I was bred. To be a father, mm. and when I say bread, you would think I'm, uh, you would think I'm talking about my father, but I'm, I'm actually not. I'm talking about my family. I've pretty much I've sat there, like I said, I've watched. I always watch. I sit there and I watch, and I take notes and I copy stuff. Mm-hmm. I seen my cousin P become a father, Gabe become a father, awesome father. See my, you know, my brothers become parents i was a out of all my brothers i was the last one to have kids mm. and i just watched and then i see the stuff they do and i'm like okay i'm gonna do this okay i'm gonna be like this okay i see what they're gonna do i see what they feel like my uncle um, roosevelt i pretty much stole the, his whole type of um pretty much the stuff that he feeds his kids I'm very big on organic food and certain types of foods for my kids. And so I saw what he, you know, what he's done. So I took that. <laughs> but um I I was ready. I was ready mm-hmm. and anxious and I felt like I've soaked up everything I need to soak up, all the information. Uh, you know, I look at my mom of what type of person she was and you know, some people they say you know they wasn't ready to be a father, mm-hmm. which that's of course there's no not that that's you know that's life the situation it, it definitely. But you know those people I know that it's like that they step up to the game and became a great parent. For me, I was ready. I was ready. I was sitting there, just ready for it to happen. And April twenty second was my chance, my biggest chance. And when my son came into this world, man. I died mm. and I became a whole new person. Right. Let me introduce you guys to Jonathan Darius. What's going on, people? How you feeling out there? Uh, uh, yeah, they, they can't. They can't answer back. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know which worse: seeing your father out in parties and things like that, and then you're going home without your father. And you're saying, "Wow, he was just there. Like I don't have a father. I'm going home without him." Or being in the house with someone. You see him every day, but he's not making any mm. effort to to, to 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 be a father. So I don't know which one is worse because I, I don't see I, I haven't I didn't go through what you went through. You know what I'm saying? But I can tell you what I went through, it's horrible. Now that I'm older and now that I I, I see things, things is more in the light, I can see that how was that even accepted by anyone? How was that even accepted by my right. mom? You get what I'm saying? I said, my your, your, my mother heart, your heart is so big that you you okay with sharing the credit for things that you work for, for things that you did. Why are you okay with sharing right. the credit? Right. You get what I'm saying? She never she never said anything or bad mouth my father and said, "Hey, I got you. It's your father that didn't get you this." I don't even think I've ever told him I love him. 
Wow. You know, I don't think I ever said that to him once. And him not being here now, like, why can't I want to tell you I love you? You know, no matter what you what you did or what you didn't do. Right. I want to tell you I love you, but I can't. You know, that's one thing people should take from listening to this podcast or anybody else's podcast or anything like that. This is coming from a person with a deceased father. If you need to tell him you love him or you need to tell him how you're feeling or or anything, just you never know when it's your last day. Every step, everything you do trickles down to your kid. And it's hard to grasp that and understand that. In terms of the job you have, how much money you're making, the place you live, uh, everything it affects your kid. So you want it, to, it's natural for you to do your best at everything you do just because you have a kid, you know? Um, the experience of fatherhood wasn't as bad for me only because I have such a strong support in terms of my mom and my brothers. Mm. Strong, strong support. I could take my son, drop him to my mother's house and leave for a day, two days, not worry about him eating, not worry about anything. But not, I don't do that. I, I, I still worry about those things, but I don't I don't have to only because my mom is there. You understand? Right. Um it was challenging for different things only because the person I had my son with, she was the reason why fatherhood was so rough. Oh, and I would say is so rough now. Um, if you're able to just be your best self and not to sound like textbook or anything, but if you're able to be your best self and just grasp that, that everything you do affects your kid, then fatherhood shouldn't be uh, too hard. Was Michael? First and foremost, a compassionate guy, very family oriented. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, everything to me is family. There is no brothers or cousins over here. Everybody is just brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, very family oriented. I'm a father of two, a 14 year old and a 12 years a 12 year old. One of the first in the family with a boy. I was right after Peggy's son, Aiden, um, and a brother of, I'm the third brother of four boys from my mother and my father. Very caring, compassionate, funny guy. I love to joke. I love to make people smile. That's my, that's my, that's one of my hobbies to make people smile and laugh. Very giving person when it comes to his family. But when it came to my brother and I, it was, he wasn't like that with us. He wasn't giving. So that's why I say it was weird. You, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he would give... If 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 my cousin Peggy would call him and say, Hey, Max, I need $100. He'll give him $120. Give him $120. But if I was to be like, Hey, I need $50, then I don't have it. Ask your mother, you know? That's why I said, wow. yeah, that's why I say it was weird. And I only say that because it happened before. So that's why I say he was it was weird. But he's he's a very given person when it comes to his family. But not mm. his family. Two weeks after he was born, I brought him home. 
And then I just walk, I just walk with them wrapped up in the house. I walk with them wrapped up in the house, and um, and I go here. And my mother's like, "What's that?" What's your grandson? And this big commotion breaks out. She's crying. My father's crying. Um, I didn't finish school at the time, so Martin's like, "Yo, you better, you better finish school." He goes, "I'm gonna f you up. You better finish school." And he's crying. And then Max, Max left work early. He's coming home to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what was that going to be. Let's say, let's say you beat me up, right? All right, now you beat me. You just beat me up. Like <laughs> the baby's still gonna be right here. So he's he left, but he said when he saw the baby, he was like, oh, I can't do nothing about this. This is my was my nephew. It was a big commotion. Being a father is 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 one of the proud things I could say I've accomplished. Like. Especially the two boys that the two boys that that I'm raising, I'm seeing become men now. That is one of the most proud moment of of my life. Mm-hmm. Who is Martin? I'm a you know nice, easygoing person. I'm a I'm a family man, a hard worker, and, and I'm a person that has a lot of morals and belief. To sum it down, my 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 father is a a, a person that you know wherever wherever he is or wherever he goes or. He will always, you know, leave his mark, you know. You will know who my father is. Everybody know my father, Max, you know, Max Darius. He was a, a, a clown. Um, he was, he was a, a person that enjoyed uh, family company. He was also a person that, you know, uh, that would do anything for the family too. He, he would, he would uh, you know, go, go to excellent. Once I had kids, everything became about them. Right. I, you know, you you put them first more than anything else. You you want to make sure that they're good. You want to make sure that they have you know food to eat, uh, clothes on their back. Want to make sure they're going to the right school. They they're doing the right things, making the right decisions. They're growing up. They're growing up right. Um. Like I said, when you when you have when you have a kid, when you have a child, um, it just uh, it's a every, everything changes. Uh, being a father could be, you know, uh, exciting. It could be you could have ups and downs. Uh, it could be challenging, but you know, just re- just remember that you know you have children that's that's you know looking up to you, looking looking up to you for you know uh, for guidance, uh, right? Uh, lo- lo- looking up to you, you know, to to help them get through life and you know learn learn different things in life and you know you know how to ride a bike or how to tie my shoes daddy I, I like this girl and how, how should i approach him you know uh dad i need some advice on this and that fatherhood can be challenging but there's there's nothing in this world that would stop me from being a father to my kids okay guys once again i just want to thank you guys for joining and continue to join and supporting if you guys can support me and give me a five star rating, I think I deserve it. I really do think I deserve it. I don't want a two. I don't want a one. I don't even want a four. So give me a five star rating. I think I deserve it. I believe I deserve it. I do deserve it. Yes, I believe I deserve it. Anyway, guys, thank you for continuing to coming back. I am working on season three. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. But um, I'm not going to hold you guys any longer. I will catch you guys in a few. Bye.
Okay, let's take another brief commercial break. We'll be right back. For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later. Get your dog.